0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled beer club and podcast. We are launching our new craft beer city for this month. It is Knoxville, Tennessee. I had so much fun visiting this city. The beers were amazing, the people were amazing, and obviously our guest is amazing that we have on today. We are going to chat with Zach Roskop, who owns the Knox Brew Tours and the Knox Brew Hub. He also has his own podcast. He's sort of an extraordinaire when it comes to Knoxville beers. So. There's really no one better that we could have kicked off the month with. And we're drinking the juicy IPA from Elst Brewing. It's a great episode. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Hey, everyone welcome to the Bruise less traveled podcast in beer club i'm your craft beer loving host molly lamb we are launching a new undiscovered craft beer city today those of you who got our boxes you already know if you're a member of the beer club you're in the know before anyone our new undiscovered craft beer city is knoxville tennessee you guys It is a phenomenal city. I was obviously just there because I explore all of these craft beer cities. I am joined with my new co-host for the month of September, Mike. Mike Birch has been a part-time beer tender, but always a full-time beer enthusiast, in addition to being an active actor, singer, songwriter, comedian, podcaster, and all-around MC host in NYC, and also a dear friend of mine. I spent 4th of July with Mike, which is my favorite holiday, and I do not take it lightly. Him and I love to do beer shares together. Mike has worked in bars and restaurants for over 20 years. His nicknames include Hophead Hawk and my favorite, The Pale Male. Mike, what's up, buddy? How you doing? You want to say a quick <laughs> Hello? Hi,
1: Molly. We oh, you made, it. made it. We're really here. Fantastic. Well, uh, hi, everybody. Yeah, It's great to be here. And uh, and uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. We're going to discuss uh, some uh, fun beers. And we're going to have a great guest this evening. Uh, we have Zach Roskop, the owner and operator of Knox Brew Tours and Knox Brew Hub. And we're going to be drinking a Knox uh, Knoxville beer tonight from Elst. And we're going to be drinking the, their juicy IPA tonight.
0: We absolutely are. We also have our really great inclusions that you always get when you are a beer club member. Mm-hmm. So you have this. Lovely sheet that explains the entire schedule for the whole month. So you know who is going to be our guest and what beers we are going to be drinking. And if you flip this bad boy over, you can see all of the breweries around the Knoxville area. And the cool thing about this, I love these little brewery maps, is it's not just the breweries we are featuring in our beer box. It's really all of the breweries in the city that we're discovering, which of course is Knoxville. So take a gander at this. Just one. One of the fun inclusions that you get when you are a beer club member. So I had an amazing experience. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. I went on the Knox brew tour bus. It was so, so fun. So I'm going to definitely tell you guys a little bit about that. I had the most amazing <coughs> beer guide. Her name was ace. So. Obviously, she was really cool because that's an amazing name. And she was just phenomenal. She knew so much about craft beer. You know, her and I were talking about being women in craft beer and kind of like fighting through imposter syndrome and really trying to make our way in this industry. And I want to do kind of like a little bonus episode, perhaps once every like six weeks or something with me and another woman just kind of talking about craft beer. You know, have it be a little bit different than this, like maybe No live stream, maybe no co-host, just me and a woman, and just like release the episode on the podcast every like month and a half or every two months or something. So I'm curious if you guys would be interested in that because you know we don't have like a ton of diversity on this podcast, and I would really love to bring more women on, and I think that that could be really cool. I had never been on a brew bus before. It was one of the most fun experiences I had ever had. So yeah, we were just on a bus random people. I think there was like eight of us, Mike. It was like just random strangers. I got to know them we were all best friends at the end of it and i had so much fun ace knew everyone in town she was so knowledgeable about beer she's worked in production and you know i kind of you know chimed in a little bit later i was like i actually like work in craft beer and i'm here for work right now and she was just completely phenomenal and then you know we just kind of started talking about you know learning craft beer and you know the fact that it's it's not always, you know, it's not that it's not like friendly to women. It's just like, we're kind of often left out of it. And I was like, I don't really have that many women on the podcast. So I kind of want to drop a little bonus episode every so often and have, have a woman on. So I'm going to, I'm going to run that by the boss people because I got to do that. But anyway, it was so awesome. And I loved her shout out to ACE shout out to Knox brew tours, just in general for being a phenomenal company. But, uh, Mike, do you want to crack open a beer?
1: Yeah, yes, yes, I'm a little parched.
0: I, I am dying. We're going to open up this juicy IPA from Elst right now.
1: Does bros love beers.
0: Yes, we do. I'm going to use my Bruvana glass. All right, guys.
1: Oh, cheers. Cheers.
0: That aroma. Oh, man.
1: Ah. Tropical nose off of that for sure. You know,
0: last month I sort of said I was the Dunkel Dame because we had a great Dunkel from Blue Stallion. And I because I was always the hazy lady when I was a beer avenger. I think I'm back to being a hazy lady. This is delicious. Oh, my yeah. God, this is so, mm-hmm. so good. I'm getting just like a little bit of sort of like tropical fruit, a little bit. So this juicy IPA from Else, it's a New England style IPA. It clocks in at seven point two percent ABV. It's got fifty IBUs, which is a little bit high.
1: Yeah, I'm really getting that that, that uh, tropical juiciness for sure.
0: And it's got a little bit of like a bitter finish, so it's not too mm. overly juicy. It does have some lactose in there, so it's kind of rounding out the body, giving oh, it yeah. like a touch of sweetness. So this beer. It's a juicy IPA. It's got citra, mosaic, and amarillo hops in it that gives it that essence of tropical fruit aroma and taste with a slightly sweet and bitter finish with that addition of a lactose in there. I typically don't really love lactose in beer, but this is so sort of subtle and mild. It gives it just a touch of body.
1: Well, I will say the lactose in this does give it a real smoothness, and so- That, that is, uh, you know, that is a plus. I think there's, there's a place for our lactose beers and the ones without, you know, they're just two different styles and um, there's room for all the styles.
0: I always kind of felt like breweries were cheating when they added lactose. I'm like, you can get like sweetness and body from malt, but this is actually pretty well done.
1: Uh, I know sour IPAs as well um, can tend to have that lactose to give this fruit and the, uh, and the, the hops together gives it, gives it that emulsification.
0: beer break. Let's dive a little deeper and learn about lactose in beer and how it's used in the brewing process. So, lactose is milk sugar and it's filled with unfermentable sugars. Lactose offers a little bit of backbone and sweetness that can elevate the hoppiness in a beer. If you think of a New England style IPA, there's a lot of vegetative matter that comes from the dry hopping and what goes into the kettle. When you add lactose to your boil, it can help those flavors and, more importantly, it can put a little bit more meat on the bones of the finished beer. It's going to give it a better mouthfeel and a fuller body. But when you're using lactose, it's a balancing act. You want to have the combination of unfermentable malt-derived sugars and lactose in a beer that carry all that hop content. Because of its sweetness, lactose works great with some more modern hops like Citra and Mosaic. And lactose might not be my personal favorite ingredient to use in beer, but it does help when it comes to brewing beers and you want to highlight the different fruit flavors. If you use it with some of the tartar fruits and berries, you're going to get a super creamy mouthfeel from the lactose that helps to really round out those flavors and become more palatable. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. It typically gives it a little bit more body and a little touch of sweetness. But yeah, I mean, lactose, it's like one of the top 10 allergens. So I like I've never been a huge fan of it, but this is delicious. And it's kind of bringing me back to my love of hazy IPAs. Mike, I feel like they got such a reputation for being just a summer beer. What about you? Do you drink hazies all year round? Are you just kind of in the summer? I definitely drink them more in the summer, but I feel like I could do a hazy IPA all year round. What do you guys think?
1: I'm not a real seasonal drinker, but, uh, I'll drink stouts in the middle of summer and, and, and Kolsch's in the middle of winter. So I don't, I I don't worry about that as much, but I think that, uh, up here anyway, in the, in the Northeast, like haze is king. So people are drinking the hazies all year round up here for sure.
0: I agree. I agree. No, totally. So. While you guys sort of enjoy this beer, I'm going to share a couple facts about Knoxville with you. The city of Knoxville was incorporated in 1815 and Knoxville was named after Henry Knox, who was President Washington's war secretary. Also, the corporate headquarters of the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA, is located in Knoxville. The TVA was created by President Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1933 to provide electricity for all. Probably the most boring city facts I could have picked.
1: (laughs) Hey, we have that electricity now. (laughs)
0: Um, I have more interesting ones uh, next week, but I don't know if you guys heard my cliffhanger from last episode. Knoxville was known as like the streaking capital of like the country in the 70s because people love to run around naked.
1: Knoxville <laughs> like no, so, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm going back to a little bit more of the West Coast style. I was always super hazy lady, but uh, a lot of them are so bad. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them are really terrible unlike this one that we're drinking, this one's actually
1: super delicious.
0: A lot of them aren't really great. So I kind of got burnt out for a while. I am refilling. My they can, they,
1: and they tend not to age well. You have to get them in fresh.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you got to kind of roll it a little bit. I loved my visit to Knoxville. I, I went to this like really awesome Irish bar and heard this great Irish band playing. I got super drunk when I was in Knoxville, just FYI normally <laughs> on my, my, uh, my work trips, I keep it pretty low key, but I I went on the brew bus. Then I went to the Knox Brew Fest. And then I was done working and I had a buddy of mine, a great musician out of Kentucky named Lance Rogers. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, If you're into really awesome music, definitely check him out. He was like, oh, I was playing a show like nearby. I can travel in and see you. So he came in to see me because it was on his way. And we just like had this crazy night in Knoxville. We went to this like awesome tiki bar. We went to this Irish bar and heard music. So I had Knoxville was like one of my most fun cities that I visited. Nice. And so while you guys kick back and relax, let's learn a little bit more about ELST. ELST was created by four Knoxville neighbors that shared an appreciation for great tasting beer and the process for which great tasting beer is made. The process of creating a recipe, sourcing the finest ingredients, and combining them with precision and science to create something that is truly appreciated by enjoying it with family and friends, that's honestly what Elst is all about. Also, this is super cool. They believe that technology plays an important role in the creation of high-quality, consistent, and delicious beers. Having many years of experience in the IT industry, they have seen the benefits of automation and data Logging and what that brings to businesses. Their plan is to track data about their beers from grain to glass to ensure quality, consistency, freshness, availability of their beers for the retailers and consumers. I thought that was really interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and you know the folks over there—they've been—they're really equipped with an educational background in beer and the commercial brewing experience. They're turning into this uh, dr- their dream into an opportunity of doing what they love. And, and, you know, trying to leave the nine to five grime. Uh, and they're, they're honored to share something else with you. See what I did there?
0: <laughs> that was good, man. That was a good buddy.
1: Yeah. So they wanted to find a, a unique name that, that would be a symbol for their, uh, basically for their passion and their love for beer, uh, as well as being able to show the, the bonding nature of it. Uh, luckily, they stumbled across Elst. And it's interesting. It's an old Middle English word that's origin comes from the sanctuary part of a monastery uh so <laughs> that really ties into the history of beer for sure and the crafting beer and having that creative outlet has become their sanctuary so it really is it really is a sanctuary over at elst for sure. it is
0: i loved my visit there they have a great little backyard patio. You guys can definitely find photos of these places on my Instagram. If you want to follow me, it's Molly underscore Bruce Less Traveled. I always post about the cities after we announce them. But yeah, Elst was great. I had a great visit there. Nice little outdoor space, super friendly bartender. And yeah, it was just really like an all around laid back spot. I tried a few beers. One thing I noticed in Knoxville, they were all about the five ounce pours. Um, like you didn't have to get a flight, Mike. Like you could just do one little five ounce pour, and I love that because when I go on these these beer city tours that I do for work, it's like I don't always want to get a huge full pint. So it was really nice. All the places I went to in Knoxville, they had just like little five ounce pours, but hmm. you didn't have to get a full flight. I haven't really seen that a lot of places. Most times, it's like if you're going to get a beer that Little, they want you to get a whole flight, or you have to get like a a full pint of beer. So I really appreciated that about my experience in Knoxville, just kind of being allowed to taste like one or two. So that was, that was super fun. Yeah.
1: We've seen a, lo- a little bit more of that here in New York. Uh, but uh, the great thing about that, like, is it, it's might be your only chance to visit someplace like else. Right. I mean, as you go in and and if you get like a 20 ounce Pilsner and it's like, well, you, you might not, you might have one more beer after that, but if you're getting these five then you could try, uh so many and that's obviously what you want to do when you go to a place that you're only gonna uh that you're gonna it's gonna be a rare visit yeah, yeah. i love love that
0: yeah me too yeah it was really nice let's welcome on our guest this evening zach Roskop, owner operator at knox brew tours and brew hub hey zach how's it going man
2: hey hello how's everyone doing we are
0: doing so good and we're so pumped to have you on. It's great to see you again. I met you in person in Knoxville.
2: Yeah, we had that was so much fun and it was great to see you and have you in the space as well. Uh, I'll tell you, I am obsessed with Knoxville. I love it very much. And so the opportunity to talk about it with uh, people who like beer as much as I do is pretty much the dream. So thanks for having me. Oh, it was so great. funny.
0: When I, you know, I'm always kind of looking for great guests to have on. Every brewery I talked to was like, have you talked to Zach at a Nox, Nox <laughs> brew Hub slash brew tours? Like everyone, you are a kind of big man on campus there. I could definitely tell everyone sort of knows you. But Zach, we really love to start off by asking all of our guests their craft beer
2: origin story. Can you tell us yours? Absolutely. Uh, you mean like me personally, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. How did you kind of get into craft beer?
2: Oh, Lord, this is this is kind of embarrassing. Um When I was a freshman in college, I thought beer tasted absolutely disgusting. And uh, the drink of choice for my friends was vodka and orange juice. I I told you this is a rough start. And uh, eventually we ran out of supplies. And the only thing left in my friend's parents' basement refrigerator was uh, Corona. And so I drank it and thought, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought. And that began, like most people, your sort of macro light lager college beer journey, if you will, until I turned 20 and I had a roommate who was 22. He was the only person in the house that was of age to drink. And we asked him to buy us beer. And he said, I will buy you beer, but only under one condition. The only beer I'll buy you is the greatest beer of all time, in his opinion, which was Yingling at the time. Okay. Okay. So, I started to acquire a taste for Yingling, which has a lot more going on compared to your Natty Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Finally, I turned 21. I'm excited about drinking beer. And the only bar in the entire city of Knoxville that I could find that sold Yingling was a craft beer bar by the name of Beard and Beer Market. So, I went to Beard and Beer Market, which at that time in Knoxville, this was probably 2010, uh, 2009 or so. This was sort of like the mecca of craft beer in Knoxville. They really began the culture and the movement of craft beer. Well, eventually one day I went in, the yingling tap had blown. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just go home. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Have you tried Fat Tire by New Belgium? Have you tried Gaelic Ale by Highland Brewing Company? Have you tried XYZ? And I was like, well, what the heck? I'm here. I might as well try it. And I fell in love with... Amber's, which led me to Brown's, which led me to Porter's. Next thing you know, I'm obsessed. Every time I leave the city, it is what brewery can I find? What beer can I get my hands on? And the the rest is history. So really, it was a craft beer bar uh, that offered something a little different and pushed me to try something different that caused me to fall in love with craft beer.
0: I love that. I think that's so important for someone behind the bar to really kind of reach out to patrons and say, hey, wait a second. Craft beer is more than just this. And yeah, yeah Corona tastes like straight diacetyl.
2: Maybe, <laughs> FYI. Like, I mean, just, that's why you put the lime in it, right? To make it taste better. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I really don't like food in my beer. But uh, yeah. <laughs> can you explain what the brew tours and brew hub are for our guests that don't exactly know about your businesses?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the, the short answer for Knox Brew Tours is that we're a guided tour experience. And and basically what that means is that we're going to take you to multiple breweries. And while we're there, we're going to go back into spaces and tour areas that are normally closed off to the public. We're going to talk about the entire brewing process from grain to glass, the history of the brewery. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to use a guided tour and storytelling to tell you and teach you as much as we possibly can about the process, about the product, and about the people who uh, are passionately making it every single day. And then we've been doing that for seven years, uh, since 2014. And Knox Brew Hub uh, is a craft beer bar that we acquired last year during COVID that has sort of become the headquarters for Knox Brew Tours. It's a space for our tours to begin and end, but also a space for us to love on and to celebrate all things Knoxville beer. Uh we like to call ourselves local beer's best friend. And so uh that's that's really the dream. I mean we are sold out on Knoxville beer and I'm I'm building this tiny little beer empire to to share the world uh with uh with everybody what what we have to offer here. yeah, okay, man
0: I love yeah. that. So what came first though the hub? or the bus?
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, so Knox Tour started first. It was the summer of 2014. I was sort of coming to the uh, end, a chapter, the end of a chapter in my life, if you will. I wasn't sure what was next. It was kind of uh, an open book. And I decided to, to kind of go for it and start a small business. I love Knoxville. I love beer. I love people. And I, th- I thought, Buying a school bus off Craigslist, learning how to build a website and driving people around to breweries was the best way to pursue all three of those passions at the same time. And so that fall, November 28th, which actually was my father's birthday and also the day after Thanksgiving, I thought, hey, what are you going to do after Thanksgiving? You don't like to go shopping. We'll take you to some breweries. Um, At that point in time, there were four breweries in Knoxville. And three of them had agreed to work with me. And I knew for a fact that there were at least two more in planning. And so at that point in time, I said, now's the time to go. We bought a bus, we built a website and we started. Uh, so that was, I guess, almost eight years now, which is kind of crazy. But we, you know, we were shuttered for a while for COVID. So Knox Brew Hub will be celebrating its one year anniversary this October. So the tour company really came first and I had no intention of, of starting a craft beer bar. that sort of just kind of happened. I don't sit still. Well, as you can see, if you're watching. And so when Knox Brew tours was shuttered due to COVID um, and the craft beer bar that we worked with decided not to renew their lease, uh, it, it created an opportunity for us. That was really special. So here we are.
0: That's so awesome. I love that. Yeah, I get that. Not like sitting still. Well, I, as soon as I got to Chattanooga, I'm automatically reaching out to places to like host an Oktoberfest ticketed event. I've been like messaging with a bunch of places. Let's do a little Oktoberfest event with live music, food pairing. Like I get it. I can't just do one thing. I can't be satisfied just being, just, just being in one role. It just, it does not work for me. It makes me like feel different depressed
2: actually. Yeah. So also on the way out of the bar today, I grabbed a can of a beer that you're drinking so I could join you all. Right uh, on. So,
0: oh yeah. Dude, crack it open. You this have an is open my, beer?
2: This is my favorite sound of all time. <sighs> Me too. Yeah.
0: It is the best. As you probably know by now, our podcast is done in the form of a live stream. All of our beer club members get to tune in live with me and ask any questions that they want to me, my co-host, or the guest. We just had a great question from one of our live audience members. Let's hear what it was. Uh, Zach, what is your favorite city for beer besides Knoxville? Good question, Caleb.
2: So that's a great question. Naturally, my first answer, I think, would be Asheville. Just because of its proximity to Knoxville, and because a lot of my developmental uh, stages of craft beer were 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 harnessed and sharpened in Asheville, um, growing. You know, we were always sort of behind Asheville a little bit. Uh, Knoxville was, uh, and it was a place that I would go to six, seven, eight times a year to try to get my hands on a lot of what was going on. As Knoxville's grown. Uh, I've found myself going to Asheville a lot less, but it still has a very special place in my heart as far as part of my beer development. If I had to choose another city other than Asheville, though, I think my answer would be Cincinnati. And part of the reason I say Cincinnati is that they have a really rich historical aspect to beer. My understanding is that they had more breweries per capita prior to prohibition than any other city in America. And you can actually take tours of breweries that doesn't involve beer at all. They're just historical brewery tours. I don't know if you guys have been to Cincinnati before.
0: Yeah, that was actually our very first craft beer city on the podcast. So I went there. That was our June city. Honestly, I loved Cincinnati. The beer scene there is insane. It's also such a beautiful city with tons of art. So cheers to that, man. And cheers. You got your beer open now?
2: Oh, yeah. Cheers.
0: Yeah. Right on, man. Cheers, guys. Yeah.
2: I I told you prior to the podcast I was going to be drinking out of one of my pretentious glasses. Matthew is a good friend of mine. How him and I met is a crazy story for uh, another time. But I I just recently moved and I haven't unpacked my pretentious box yet. So uh, I just brought a regular old glass with me today. (laughs)
0: That is an awesome glass. Yeah, we have a uh, yeah Matthew Cummings, the owner of Pretentious Brewing and Pretentious Glass, coming on later this month, and super pumped to talk all things glassware with him. Yeah, he's, he's our great. second guest who has had a pretentious glass. We had uh, Chris Palmy from Fusion in Lexington, who was the one who told me to go to Pretentious. And yeah, now you have a glass too, but it's so awesome. So I went there too, but it's gonna be an awesome episode. I can't wait for that.
2: To my knowledge, it is the only place that I know of in the world that you can drink beer brewed on site out of glassware blown on site. It is truly a glass blowing studio and a brewery combined. And it's really special.
0: I went back there into the glass blowing studio. And like I said, I had a little bit of a wild night in Knoxville. so <laughs> hot. It was so hot. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to pass out. I was like, I need beer. <laughs> no, it was so cool. Yeah. I can't wait for that episode, man. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, and I'm curious, your customers on the brew tour, are they mostly local people or are they travelers?
2: That's a great, uh, great question. So Obviously, I would say most of our private tours are local, which makes sense because, you know, they're celebrating a birthday or graduation or, you know, there's a reason there's an occasion for that private tour. Our public tours, however, are surprisingly split right down the middle. And I think there's two reasons for this. We're located sort of closer to Market Square, which is very popular for visitors. And so, you know, people come into town, they're looking for stuff to do. A brew tour wherever you are is a great way to see the city. Mm. I know I took a brew tour in New York by City Brew Tours and had an amazing time and got to see parts of it that I hadn't seen before. And so it's it, it's my friend likes to say whenever he goes to a new city, he likes to go get his haircut at a barbershop because when he's at the barbershop, he can ask a lot of questions like where do you like to drink, where do you like to eat and it feels like he gets a good vibe for the city. I think the same goes for taking over a brewer tour. So we get a lot of we get a lot of visitors. Our locals, however, are exciting to me because we do get a lot of locals who I think are still trying to discover what we have to offer in Knoxville. Our city's kind of spread out. We sort of have two cities in one. Most of our breweries are located downtown. West Knoxville is a little dry when it comes to the amount of breweries out there. So As they make their way downtown, there's still an opportunity for them to discover and explore their city. And uh, we're thankful that we get the opportunity to show them our own.
0: What was the area I was in where the Knox Brew Fest was in the Taco Taco place that I That was downtown. That's downtown. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I know I was playing about that. Yeah, that's a super cute area. I love that taco joint, taco taco. I ate there with my my buddy who was uh coming in town to visit me. We grabbed tacos, there was super yummy. Yeah, that was great. And so tell me more about the Knoxville Wall of Fame at the Hub. You have this really cool portrayal. Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, so at at our craft beer bar, we have uh, three areas that are constantly changing and they're growing. And right now they're going through sort of a major renovation, but we're super excited about it. So on, on one wall, we have a map of the entire city of Knoxville. And then there's a logo of every single brewery and where they're located. Uh, For me, I'm sort of a map person. I like to visualize which way is north, south. You know, where where are things in relation to one another? And so we have this Knoxville beer map. When I say it's huge, what I mean is it's like 14 feet by 14 feet. Like it's massive. Yes, I saw it. Yeah. And then in another corner, which is actually visible from the street, we're in the process right now of creating, as far as I know, the first ever – local beer visitor center in the state of tennessee um and so what does that mean um you'll be able to stand outside of our craft beer bar and look up and there'll be signs pointing in all four directions telling you exactly how far away you are from every single brewery in knoxville and how long it would take you to get there by foot distance wise Um, and then we're partnering with visit knoxville for this so there will be Tons of rat cards, information about the University of Tennessee, about the Art Museum, about the History Museum. It's literally going to be a little Knoxville Visitor Center focused around beer. And then my favorite part, uh, and this is exciting news, Molly. I actually haven't told anybody this yet. Uh, but we had a meeting about three hours ago with the East Tennessee uh, History Museum. And they have agreed to partner with me. We're gonna be creating an installation inside our craft beer bar called Knoxville Beer History. And they're gonna be helping me to verify our information. And then they're also gonna be helping me to find out new beer history. So we're looking at uh, this starting all the way back in 1827 till today, and including as much history as we can possibly find about beer in Knoxville. Wow, oh
0: my gosh. First of all, I love that we have breaking news for the first time on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That is incredible. And way to go.
2: It'll be really fun to, to dive into this beer history. In oh, 1901, man. there was a brewery in the old city that donated 100% of their profits to build to help build the first children's hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee.
0: Oh my gosh. Zach, that is absolutely rad. Thank you for sharing that. That's incredible.
2: Thanks. i mean you know we just love local beer i'm i'm obsessed i'm in and, and that's a hill i'm willing to die on so <laughs> i'm going all in <laughs> are, there, are there any of
1: these older breweries that are still uh existing the the classic knoxville breweries that we, we so, might not
2: know un- unfortunately the, the the oldest brewery right now in knoxville started in 1993 1992 1993 uh, Woodruff's Brewing Company, and what is now Smoky Mountain Brewery. Um, and they've been around since then. We we also had some newer breweries. Uh, we, what we kind of call, what I call the first wave, if you will, is about 92 to about 2007 or so. Uh, most of them were brew pubs because that was a lot safer, a lot more less risk averse because uh, you could lean on food. and And those breweries are still around and they do a great job. But it wasn't until 2010 that we started to see our first production brewery called Sawworks, who was focused on selling beer at bars and restaurants and all over and had a tap room and started to capture that craft beer culture that we love. Uh, and then 2014, 15 was really when the second wave started. And it looks a lot more like what we know and see craft beer all over the country today. Nice.
0: Do you have a favorite stop on the brew tour?
2: Favorite oh. stop. That's an impossible question. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I, I will say I have my favorite thing about every brewery that we work with, but I will say one of my favorite things about going to Balter Beer Works on the tour, this is going to be totally logistics here, but their brew house is sort of like in the middle and it's all glass and it's locked. So I love taking a tour there and us getting a key and the whole restaurant watches us unlock this door that says staff only. And then we walk back into the brew house and then we lock the door and everybody's like, Oh, I, I want to go in there. And what are we're they
0: like, doing? Yeah. That looks yeah,
2: cool. They look so cool. So I love that. It's super fun. And then it's also one of the only brew houses that's always heated in the winter and always air conditioned in the summer. So that's a big bonus. Um, and then their brew house is just beautiful. It's a wonderful place to start the tour. To talk about sort of the basics of brewing so that we can build on that foundation as the rest of the tour goes. Uh, and they've got really good classic beer styles. So it's kind of like, you know, we start off with an amber, with a porter, you know, with a Kolsch. By the time we get to the end of the tour, we're doing sours and barrel aged beers and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I really enjoy taking people to Balter Beer Works first. Nice.
1: Well, that sounds awesome.
2: What <laughs> a cool yeah. place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really great.
1: I should move to Tennessee, too, now, huh? I just left New York for Tennessee. I was just sending a trend.
2: If I was forced to leave the city of Knoxville right now, like I had to go pack a bag and leave town, I'd drive straight to Chattanooga. Yeah, I love would. that town. Chattanooga's got great beer and great food. And uh, if you haven't been to the Bitter Alibi yet, it's my favorite craft beer bar in Chattanooga. Wow. Make sure you get the wonton nachos. They always have a local beer on discount and nine times out of 10, they're playing emo music, which is my favorite type of music of all time. So it wasn't just a phase.
0: You lost me at emo music, but you gained me at discount beer.
2: And wonton nachos.
0: (laughs) Wonton nachos. No, I'm teasing. That sounds awesome that they're really into music there. And oh my God. Okay. Sorry. What was it called again? It's It's called the bitter alibi the bitter alibi the basement okay.
2: is a craft beer bar the middle floor is like a asian hipster mexican restaurant it's all over the place and then this top floor is a cocktail lounge it's it's oh my, my God. favorite place in chattanooga
0: done i'm yeah. going tomorrow that's amazing Ah, yeah, oh, yeah chattanooga is insane but uh okay i know i could go on and on about <laughs> it I, I know mike has questions for you <laughs>
1: I know you all do like uh, you do the bus tours, we
2: do walking tours as well, right? Yeah. So we've got a few areas of town where the breweries are pretty close together. And I love the walking tours because honestly, I know I sound like such a nerd when I say this. You you can't feel or or smell even bad smells. You can't you can't really get the vibe of a city in a car. There's there is you could walk down a street in your own town that you've driven down 100 times. And when you're on foot, you'll notice and see something that you've never seen before. And so we wanted to offer walking tours because we've got nice weather most of the time, Uh, especially during COVID. It was an opportunity for people to be a little more spread out. And it gives you a vibe vibe of the city that you wouldn't get otherwise. And, And it also gave us an opportunity to slow things down a little bit and we have these little checkpoints along the way where we talk about the history of Knoxville and the history of that building and the history of the street and where that name comes from. So it's just, a, a it's just a great offering. And our guide, one of our, our main guide, Ace, whom Molly met uh, the walking tours have sort of, has sort of been a little bit of her, uh, her baby, if you will. She sort of has a great passion for history and, and liked like the low key element. And so, yeah, we do bus tours, and private tours and walking tours yeah
1: oh yeah i couldn't agree more about the walking tours because it gives you much more visceral experience for sure we do that in new york uh but the reason we do it here is because nowhere to park the bus <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense. There are no parking lots at any of the breweries that we have
2: here yeah
1: uh that's great but the bus tours yeah you you must you have to travel more distances to do those so
2: Yeah. That's one of the advantages of a bus. You know, um, we occasionally get people who book a private tour and I say, great, what breweries do you want to go to? And they pick four breweries that are across the street from each other. And I'm like, okay, if you guys want me to take you there, I will, but may I recommend instead, let's take advantage of the bus. Let's spread these out. Let's go to West Knoxville. let's go to South Knox. Let's go to North Knox and then we'll drop you off at a brewery that's close to the other ones. And now, now you're getting a little, some bonus breweries there. So uh, it's nice to have the option to do both.
1: Oh, that's great. Driven around the city and dropped off where they're all, where there's more of a <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs> gathering of breweries. Oh man, that sounds perfect. Uh, so uh, wait, how do you train your beer guides? What does there, a, a, anything they need, they need to know
2: outside of, you know, obviously brew uh, beer knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know I keep saying this, but you guys have some great questions. The first thing I've learned as a person who has hired people to tell the story of Knoxville beer is they have to have a love. They have to have our foundational loves, which is Knoxville beer and people. I've had guides before who love Knoxville and love beer, but don't love people. I've had people who love people and love beer, but don't love Knoxville had every combination and it doesn't work if they don't have a passion for all three so that's sort of the first step uh, in our guides is they have to truly care about all three of those things and when it comes to training we always try to get them lined up for a a brew day i think hands-on experience is crucial to be able to have access to a brewer in the process and to ask why are you using that piece of equipment why are you Measuring this, what information are you writing down or not writing down? And so we always have our guides do a professional brew day. You'd also be surprised how much you can learn from reading and from watching YouTube videos. We have a list of approved reading material and a list of approved videos that have good, engaging, educational content. And then the hardest part, though, and I think you guys have experienced this, you can teach anybody beer. What is hard to do is to teach people people the ability to read body language, the ability to, to be able to, to think quickly, to adjust to your audience. Um, and for that, I've yet to find a good way to train people. That's just, I think, something natural that we have to have inside of us. Um, and so that's an important factor or thing that we look for in guides as well.
0: It's so true. And Ace was just, she was so phenomenal. I cannot say enough good things about her. I mean, she really was kind of influential to me, you know, being able to relate to another woman working in craft beer. And I just felt like she knew everything. And I was like, you have imposter syndrome too. Like you have to work through doubts and fear also in this role in this industry. Like I was kind of blown away by her. And honestly, you clearly hire and Train people so
2: well. She was killer. Well, and I, and I appreciate that. That means a lot. Can, Candace and I, uh, Ace, she she reached out to me via email that, and said, this is going to sound weird, but I live in Wisconsin. I'm feeling called to Tennessee. I love beer. And I'd interested, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in, in me working for your, your company. Her and I set up a Zoom chat before Zoom chats were cool. And we had an amazing conversation and knew immediately that there was a shared love for Knoxville for beer. She moved to Knoxville to work for us at Knoxville Tours, and uh, she's basically running the place now. Uh, she is, does most of our guides, our tours. She does doing our booking. She does our payroll. She's training our new hires. Uh, she is an absolute epic woman and she loves this town and she loves beer and, and we're so thankful for her. So I really appreciate your compliments. That's awesome. Yes. Very cool. Right.
1: Knoxville is, uh, is obviously it's a growing city as far as the, the beer scene goes. Do you see uh, even more breweries coming in uh, the next few years?
2: Yeah. So we had four in 2014 Today, we have 21 in Knox County with more in the counties touching Knox County, uh, which is an epic number. And we still have areas of our town that are underserved. And so I think we are going to see a few more. I I do want to say a quick shout out. Uh, I was terrified that during 2020, we were going to lose a few of our birds. Mm -hmm. And I am absolutely um, shocked and, and thrilled with how our Knoxville beer drinkers showed up every single week and purchased beer to go and purchased merchandise and asked for bartenders' Venmo accounts and tipped them and and people I have friends who were bartenders who just got random money and the message would say Hey, I didn't come to the bar this week because of COVID, but if I had, this is what I would have tipped you. So I'm sending it to you anyways. We lost zero breweries during COVID. In fact, we gained three. And we have at least one confirmed right now, two confirmed in planning. Uh, So by the time you visit, we might have 24 breweries in Knoxville. It's, it's been a really great, it's been really great to see the support for our local beer.
0: Cheers to that. Yeah,
2: I'm empty. I need a new beer.
0: That honestly just made me kind of tear up. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. Cheers. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's been, um, it's been really special.
0: And given that Knoxville is such an amazing city, Zach, I'm curious, what is your ideal day off in Knoxville?
2: <laughs> what is my ideal day off? Um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to go to Pete's Diner downtown and uh, and get a corned beef hash with eggs over medium and rye toast. After that, I'm going to load up my kayaks and drive about 20 minutes south to the Little River, and I'm going to put in at Coulter's Bridge and float down to River Johns, uh, which is about a three and a half hour float, tons of wildlife, beautiful water. And and then I might stop in uh, Blackberry Farm Brewery in Maryville for some barbecue and beer. And then I would head downtown, bebop around a little bit, check out some breweries on bike. It's a very bikeable city. I could hit several of them on a bike. Uh, probably go to last days of autumn. If it's a Friday and get the half pound of their shrimp boil peel to eat Uh, hot Knoxville, hot shrimp. And then I'm going to ride to the South side of Knoxville and go to the park and watch the sunset over the city and uh, probably have a nightcap. At <laughs> Probably go to crafty bastard brewery. Cause they, their beers are a little bit bigger and they're closer to my house So I can uh, end end the day with a funky beer and head home. Absolutely, and they have that yummy pickle beer. Oh yeah, they
0: do. Yeah, Crafty Bastard is going to be one of our upcoming Knoxville breweries that we're going to feature. So yeah, everyone should definitely stay tuned for that episode because they were one of the most unique breweries I have ever been to. That sounds like a fantastic day off in Knoxville. And all right. Zach, as we wrap up, it is time for our rapid-fire questions. The key here is to not think, just answer. Are you ready?
2: Uh, here goes. Nothing.
0: All right. Fan of lactose and beer, yes or no?
2: No.
1: Cascade or mosaic? Cascade. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Good.
2: He's, a, he's a classic hop guy. I like the classic hops. I'm, I'm a little over the, the pineapple and mosaic. It's delicious, but it was just very overdone for me. and a good you know sierra nevada pale ale all day every day
0: all right home brewing or home drinking
2: um home brewing i very rarely drink at home uh for me it's usually about the culture and the community and being around other people and so when i'm home i like to cook and that's one of my favorite things about home brewing is it's sort of like uh delayed cooking that you get to share with people all over the world Okay, but if you are home, what's
1: a favorite beer to uh, drink while you're watching TV?
2: I would say um, I'm a big fan of any ESB. If I walk into a brewery and there's an ESB, I'm going to order it first every single time.
0: That is one of my favorite beer styles that I feel like I do not see on the menu enough. I love an ESB. They typically use that lovely Munich malt that goes the extra step
2: of being stewed to kind of release those sugars. You can taste all four of the ingredients in an ESB. It's Uh, such a. If I like to say, if an alien came to Earth and said, "What is beer?" and I couldn't say anything, all I could do is put a beer in front of them. It would be an ESB. That's a great answer. Thanks.
0: Favorite German beer?
2: Ooh, I'm gonna go with a dunkel.
0: Ah, I'm the dunkel dame. Yes,
2: I love a <laughs> dame. A
0: I'm super living the lager life right now. I, I love yeah. German beers. I'm like obsessed with Oktoberfest coming up. So yeah, completely... Martin.
2: Martin's a very, uh, very close second.
0: Zach. It has been an absolute pleasure having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug?
2: Um, I want, you know, just whether you take a brew tour in Knoxville or not, uh, my hope is that if you come to Knoxville, that you'll swing by the hub and uh, let us give you a Knoxville Ale trail map, give you a quick rundown of the city, ask you, you know, what. What's your mode of transportation? How long are you in town for? What is the vibe you like? What's the beer you like? We're going to collect all that information and we're going to point you in the right direction to make sure that you have a wonderful time in Knoxville and a wonderful time drinking local beer. Uh, that's really it. We're just, uh, we're a small company that, that we have, you know, there's, there's about eight of us all together between both businesses and we're sold out to Knoxville Beer and we love the community and the culture and uh, we hope that we get a chance to share it with you sometime in the future.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Mike, who's going to be here with me all month long. Be sure to tune in next week as we chat with Brad West, co-founder of Zool Beer Company, and we'll be drinking their Toro Ioso Mexican Lager and Paper Crowns IPA. I visited Zool On my Knox brew tour, I went crazy for the style of the brewery. I literally have never seen anything like it. You guys are going to have to tune in to find out a little bit more about that. Cheers, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruiseless Travelled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruiseless Travelled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.